You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season eight, episode seven. I'm John, I'm your host tonight, and we've got three on the go tonight, joined by Chris and John Hayden. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, fine. Sort of. The microphone's working. <laughs> but it wouldn't be the Scottish Football Forums podcast without some technical issues, would it? Yeah, it makes a change. It's not me that's having the technical issues anyway. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, plenty to talk about this week again. Obviously, Europe, the Premier League, or Premiership even, the lower leagues, Scotland, and then we'll see what else comes up. Uh, first of all, though, Craig Levine. Uh, hope he's all right. Rushed into hospital today. Um, so I hope he's all right. Yeah, fingers crossed it's nothing serious. Um, well, well, it's going to the hospital, so it might have been trivial, but uh, hopefully quick recovery and back in the dugout fairly soon. Yeah, got to echo that. Yeah. Uh, and we've got some other news about a manager, or a former manager, I should say now, uh, because we recorded this Monday night, and about an hour or so ago, Falkirk released a statement saying that Paul Hartley had left the club by mutual consent. So <laughs> That's so breaking news, I hadn't even heard it yet. There you go. <laughs> nice. Um, well, yeah. Um, can't say I'm too surprised. I think he would have been one of our uh, favourites for getting the bag, but I mean, that means my Shabalazo prediction doesn't even work for the division, does it? Oh, well. Um, no, they've had a, a very poor start, Falkirk, so um, I think Hartley didn't have the the best of starts with Falkirk but done enough to keep him in the division last season would have been looking to hit the ground running this season it just hasn't happened so um, Falkirk have pulled the trigger pretty soon now yeah. I think that's worrying times though just now with Scottish football that we're getting taking the approach down south because ok maybe he didn't do that well last year and yeah he lost first three games but only three games into the season getting rid of managers now he's just signed I think there's talk is that he signed about 15-16 players this summer so, I don't know. I think maybe people are being a bit hasty pushing, getting rid of managers so early. Possibly. Yeah, I think um, it, it, he never got off to the best of starts when he that job. Um, he took over a team that was in a wee bit of decline from the couple of seasons before when they were in the Premiership playoffs three years in the trot. Um, at, you know, it's, they, they were basically kept up because there was two part team teams in the league. Um, because it, they didn't really get that much momentum apart from the win-win against Dundee United 6-1 um, and poor League Cup campaign um, and a dreadful start in the league um, it was all ever going to go one way but I thought I've had a lot of criticism over the you know, scrapping the academy to push for promotion into the top flight and that's biting them in the backside at the moment I much as they've scrapped the academy they've still got a reserve team so they still have a fair, fair amount of youngsters so you can't think they'd have a big enough squad without have, imagine have a reserve team. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, they don't need the academy because they're now training at their ground because it's a plastic pitch there. Um, so I think that's been part of their cutbacks because instead of paying to Stirling Uni, they're just training their own turf now. Um, so 
Yeah, that's, that's that's the advantage of the plastic patch, isn't it? We've had a lot of talk this week to the the plastic patches. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, it's ended Jamie Murphy's uh, season prematurely with the, the injury he picked up at Rugby Park the other week. But um, yeah, it's, well, I don't think we're going to hear the end of the, the plastic patch debate anytime soon, unfortunately. No. It does have its benefits for the, the all weather situations, and then obviously you get the things like Falkirk and saving money with them not paying storing any rent for things so it's just I, 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 I've said this to a few people um, I don't think the problem is plastic pitches I think the problem is quality pitches because mm-hmm. you could say the same about Christoph Berra you get injured on a, a poor time castle surface so yeah. Um, it's not it's not a plastic pitch debate it's a quality debate as far as I'm concerned so if we can get good quality plastic pitches that's probably better for football and uh, certainly the, the kind of level of Falkirk play up which is a kind of I think not maybe not top flight but potentially top flight into the, the championship yeah. Aye See uh, just while we were talking about Paul Harlan that we may as well stick with the championship anyway um, and going through a wee bit of that did Fairbland uh, I think they were tipped to do quite well they're struggling a wee bit here on the other hand on fire Air fly us Obviously, Shankman gets his weekly goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy and Partick Thistle struggling. Yeah, um, they've had a uh, not so good start of the season, but Dundee United are, um, you know, we tipped them, um, Chabalaz, look to be sacked, but they've won two out of the three games. They've won their last two when they were even supposedly three games away from sacked, so looks as they've turned things around. And going on that Falkirk game, Stephen Dobie hits his third hat trick of the season. We're only in August. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Morton uh, beat Ross County as well. So Morton remained unbeaten. Yeah. Morton were my tip for the playoffs, but the uh, championship playoffs that is. So, yeah, they started <laughs> quite well under Ray McKinnon um, and Ross County's first points drop. So, yeah, good, um, good start for, for Morton. Yeah, I think we were looking at the preview. We certainly, I think it's getting to the point that we do this every year. But the championship is looking like a really good competitive division. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, like it seems to get more competitive with every passing season, uh, and it looks like so far it's been exactly that. I mean, we're saying Dunfermline haven't had the best of starts, but they've probably played teams that are just as, as likely to be challenging for the, the promotion playoffs and the, the, the automatic promotion positions as they are. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season, I think. So it's, it's certainly started well. It's, de- it's definitely the most difficult one to predict. I mean, there's no one yet 100% record in terms of winning all the games. And then there's only one team that's pointless, which is obviously Falcon. And I think as well, with every passing season, there's a better quality of player, player playing there as well. Yeah. In terms of players coming down from the top, or you got even coming down from the, or coming from down south. You know, we get Dolby. How's no one taking a chance on Dolby in the, the Premiership? The player that did pretty well in England, the Championship and stuff like that. I think it was um, something he wanted to do was go back to to Queens and try and help him back into the, the, the well, I say back into the top flight. Um, in my life, they've never been up. Don't know when last time they were in top flight was. So maybe he, was, he just wanted that as his swan song. But um, given his connections before, um, but he certainly seems to be enjoying himself and. Yeah, he certainly started the season on fire. Um, are we as well carrying on the theme of the little leagues since we're talking about the championship? Yes. 
because uh, um, come back of the weekend, Wraith Rovers, 3-1 down with seven minutes to go, had 10 <laughs> men, 1-4-3. Yes, that's an impressive turnaround, that. Um, especially with 10 men, like you say. It's, it's, you wouldn't have expected them to come back after that, but yeah, fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I didn't know Airdrie um, did the 21st century phenomenon just now, which is uh, another rename of the stadium, the sponsor stadium, Penny Car Stadium. <laughs> It's just ridiculous, you know. I'm, you know, I get there has no the sponsorship rights when the stadium was first opened, but this changing the stadium is every few seasons and stuff. It's no, I'm no buying it. It doesn't bother me. It's one of those things that like, people make a bigger thing about than I think need to. Because like, to me, it's still well. You can some people got a new Broomfield. To me, it might be an Excelsior Stadium. Yeah. Well, I, I remember it being first opened. It was a Shiver at Excelsior. Mm-hmm. Right. Aye, folk will just call it with anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 I think it just comes down to what was it called? When it was Bolton. So the newer stadiums, you're going to have this kind of issue. Like, I, I still can't tell you what Bolton's ground is called. To me, it's a Reebok. It's a macro. I know it's not. There you go. See, it's not been Reebok for years, but. Because it was a Reebok when they built it, to me it's a Reebok stadium. Yeah. Um, the Emirates will have the same problem for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Eventually the Emirates deal will come and then they'll go and our sponsor up called something else. But it'll always be the Emirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our remain top though in League One. And East Fife remain at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I did see a strain. Window as well, Strint North. It's a headline about after Matt's day trouble and they were having a word with parents because children, incidents with children. So, best behaviour down there. I remember being at a Strint game years ago and at half time, uh, we boys were going and playing, uh, you know, World Cup doubles or whatever you called it, or, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, th- I don't think the stadium's improved that much, so no doubt it was. Stuff to do with that again? <laughs> no, uh, it's more like there's been criminal charges and involved mm-hmm. yeah. as well, so it's yeah, obviously a bit more serious. We uh, get out of the junior games at half time though, folk coming on, the kids coming on and playing football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in answer to the, the point earlier on, Queen of South last in the top flight 1963 64, so yeah, well before our lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. Like to Peterhead and Arnon both remain unbeaten. Uh, yeah, I think Peterhead and Albion and Albion Rovers remain pointless. Aye, um, Sterling Albion one surprises me. I thought they'd do better, but uh, no, they haven't exactly started well. And uh, Elgin versus Cowden uh, Beath was called off because the pitch was too dry. Um, <laughs> because El- Elgin apparently hasn't seen any rain in nine weeks. <laughs> Only Scottish uh, football so, keeps these stories. Yeah, yeah. see, that, that's it. We can't play summer football. Too dry. <laughs> but no, my favourite one for the, the summer football argument was still when Hibs said a friendly called off in July because the pitch is waterlogged. <laughs> it just rained too much. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when we play. We just can't do it. Aye. And then. In that league as well, Clyde after a decent start to league are now struggling a wee bit. Yeah, six, six points in four games. What's the last two? Surprised by that. Aye. 
It's still early days. I mean, they're only four points off the top after four games. Um, but yeah. Edinburgh City have started well, nine points from a possible 12. So A few people tipped them to do really well this season, and a few people tipped them to go down. Yeah. <laughs> it was always a kind of either or. But they seem to have started well, so they might be up their challenging this season. That'll be interesting to see, because obviously they're the, they're the first to benefit from the pyramid playoff. Yeah, first and only so far. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of keeping an eye on it to see how their progress goes. Because you might think Edinburgh City is sort of having come up into the SPFL and maybe consolidated for a couple of seasons and they're now pushing on. So yeah, it'll be good. To, it'll be good I think Cashman area helps as well, but then yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. They'll pick up maybe kids that have been released by likes of Hibs and Hearts and stuff like that, or even maybe ex players that have played there as well. So. Well, I think Josh Walker's still there. Um, Boy, put scored famously for Aberdeen against uh, Bayern Munich when he was on loan. Um, <laughs> nice. Oh, um, Dan, well, Danny Hardlin as well that used to be at Hibs. Yeah. Right, there's a few. I mean, there were some questions about the the wage ball whether we're doing a Gretna or whatever, but I don't think they're quite that far along the lines. But uh, yeah, they've certainly invested a little bit in their playing squad, and it's so far looks like it's been a bit of benefits. The other one as well, actually, was playing in the. The Premiership not long ago, Balatoni. Mm-hmm. Mm, aye. No, it's... Didn't know so far. Yeah. Uh, well, just before we finish up in the lower leagues, it's not lower league, it's Highland League. Um, did you see the news that Fort William had uh, three games of playing an ineligible player, so they were docked nine points? Yeah, I hear that, yeah. I'm a, I don't quite get how that works though because the point is that if you've fielded an eligible player then you should lose any points you've gained for playing then but they lost the games anyway <laughs> actually see if you'd given them the, the, the default 3-0 punishment it would have improved their situation <laughs> because I had a look at their defeats they've lost 6-0 10-0 10-0 and 8-2 in their first five league games yeah the thing as well though it's up to the administrators of the game to pick that up after the first game yeah, exactly. So how, how has it managed to run on for three games? Nobody should have played the, the Sandy Bryson defence. Ah, it's in the past. Wasn't picked up at the time. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that, that means they're on minus nine because they don't have any points yet. <laughs> it's, just, it's a bit of a ridiculous situation. I can understand finding them, but talking of nine points. <laughs> that wouldn't happen to a top flight team as we've um, discovered nope, in the League Cup. <laughs> yep. No, you only lose two points for that. Yeah. <laughs> you gain a point against the team you cheated. Yeah, who get nothing? Yeah. Aye. And, and then finish level on points with the, the team you cuff in the final game to get through. <laughs> and Hearts are still in the League Cup in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. I think when, when the draw was made, my first reaction was, yep, good luck, level. Uh, anyway, speaking of level, shall we move on to the Premiership games? Back to Europe, I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll go back to... We'll, 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 we'll travel back in time then. Um, I know you're trying to avoid that, but... Um, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it started well enough. Three minutes in and the champ puts the ball and it gets away goal. That was uh, a great start. you think maybe Celtic could push on for there, but lessons aren't being learned. Making the same old mistakes every single time. The goal they conceded this time was just ridiculous. It's just a long hoof into the box for a free kick, which nobody picked up. Just a different way, equalise. Um, and after that, Celtic never really had much in the way of attack. I mean, they had chances, but it was never anything really concrete. Never really looked like going to increase the lead. Um, 
weren't really troubled at the back either. So um, you would still hopefully think Celtic will get through this tie. Um, but the way things are at Celtic at the moment, you don't really trust the defence. You don't really trust the attack to get the goals. Um, so there's there's been a few questions there recently. Um, we'll come on to uh, Sunday's game as well at some point, but that didn't really fill me with much confidence for the week ahead, unfortunately. Positive, um, maybe though, last midweek in terms of Mikey Johnson, I he played quite well. Yeah, uh, I had a few people saying the same thing. Um, I'd, I'd say I've never seen the game myself, uh, but certainly he seemed to be... He was uh, the surprise inclusion in the squad. And sorry, the first eleven. I don't think it was surprised it was in the squad because he's been kind of featured a bit more. But um, I'm surprised he started. But yeah, to all accounts, uh, he played pretty well. So uh, there, there seems to be high hopes for him. But he's been a, the next one to make the breakthrough. Uh, he's certainly featured a bit more now. Which is good. And then the other half of the city Rangers at home to UFA. Connor Goldson scoring clean sheet. So. Makes me yeah. aware in terms of them not, not considering their away goal. Absolutely, that's that's the crucial thing for that. They've got a lead for taking over there um, with no away goal, so um, they're in a, a really good position. Uh, main a goal for them uh, over there. Hopefully, it just kills the tie. And I think Rangers are capable of doing that. Um, again, never saw that game either. But from what I heard, the Russians went up to too much. So. Um, Again, yeah, you would, you would probably fancy both Celtic and Rangers making the, the group stages, which would be really good for Scottish football. Yeah, but they cope with Kula Bali and Barisic as well, so... Yeah, I mean, they, they seem to be using the squad quite a bit already. Um, and obviously the injury to Jamie Murphy hasn't helped that. Um, but again, he, he, I think he rotated his squad a bit at the, the weekend as well, even changed the formation to play against one yeah. of them. They have been boosted by the fact that Kyle Lafferty saga finally came to its conclusion under the sign for Rangers. Yeah, well, we've, had a, we've had a good laugh with uh, Kyle Lafferty in the last few days, actually. Um, again, seemed to, to... Certainly, two goals at the weekend helped. But uh, the, the, the thing i seen online through the week was the, the tattoo that he's got in his hand. <laughs> he's got the date of the... Well, it's actually the date of his wedding anniversary, of the day he was married. So, it's never going to forget when his wedding anniversary is. It's <laughs> right in his hand. But it happens to be the exact same day that Hibs beat Rangers in the Scottish Cup final. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if he keeps scoring goals, the Rangers fans will forgive him. Um, but the Rangers be... fans are forgiven quite a bit with Kayla. Actually, because he was one of the ones that uh, refused to... I'm supposed to be very careful how I word this. Mm-hmm. He refused to chupe over from the old co to the new co. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not recognising the, the continuation there in, in, back in 2012. But um, that seems to be uh, all forgotten now. He's, he's got off to a flyer. Um, certainly, should he continue his good goal-scoring uh, record against Celtic in recent... Uh, sort of, I forget exactly how many goals he's had recently, but he got the, the winner a, a couple of weeks ago for Hearts. Um, he scored a few goals last season against Celtic as well I think he scored more against Celtic than Rangers did um, so if he can continue that this coming weekend then certainly he's going to be I don't think anybody will be mentioning the, the, the 2012 incident potential to be a very good partnership Lafferty and Medellis two, two of the top scorers in the league last year as well yeah yeah, I think that's, that's the Rangers there's certainly goals in that Rangers team um, as we, again we've seen it at the weekend 
maybe maybe not so much the, the set piece defending. <laughs> my, my thought originally was uh, never defending like Celtic when it comes to set pieces. Um, but, but I get that. We'll, we'll come on to the this weekend game coming, but it's, it's quite interesting to see how badly Rangers could defend set pieces. It's probably a good thing to point against a team that can't score from set pieces. We could just talk about it. Because um, on, on the flip side of them being good going forward, uh, that was a first game that's maybe shown any frailties at the back. Like yeah, that's probably the fact they're maybe being a bit more expansive with Lafferty and Mellors up front. The midfield, when I seen the midfield lineup for Rangers, it surprised me because you play against Motherwell, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously the comments before from Hartley, without that, you know, Motherwell going to be physical, especially in the middle of the park. And for them to go in with just maybe Jack and Halliday, was probably a bit naive and Gerard's thinking, I think. Yeah, I, I think for all... For all that was the case, I think most of the problems that Rangers had was the defending. Um, the set piece defending was, again, like I said, was defending like Celtic. The second Motherwell goal is very similar to the Celtic goal that we conceded in Lithuania. Uh, and it's just a long ball into the back and then it's headed into the net. Um, the first goal that Motherwell scored was, <laughs> shall I say, Gerard esque in its, <laughs> it's, uh, its manner because of the big slap. But um, a lovely finish. I mean, we'll have to do it over McGregor well. Yeah, there have been uh, one before that with Goldson. They'd slipped as well. Yeah, I, I think there were a few sort of swapping uh, early on in that game. But yeah, I mean, even the, the, the third goal when you're defending, I don't know what Gerard was thinking making a substitute at that last second corner. Yeah. Um, that, everybody knows you don't do that. Um, but even then, it was just it was purely defended, um, and, and of all people, <laughs> given his midweek comments, it was Hartley that got in the end of it to get the equaliser. Um, obviously, surviving his trauma from being uh, people's elbowed by McGregor earlier on in the, the game. Um, there's your wrestling reference for the. For the <laughs> um, I, I've seen people moaning about Stephen Craig's reaction to that. Um, I think, I mean, it sounds like uh, McGregor won't get any action from the, the compliance officer on this one, but I think he's lucky because he does look like he, he intentionally jumps on them. Now, whether he intentionally goes to an elbow, I don't know. Uh, there were certainly bodies, but for all those bodies in front of him, he, he, he knew where he was going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Hartley, his, his, his comments in Madrid were very questionable at best. Um, and you can't you can't come out and say things like that. Very surprised. I think from any player would be surprised about the fact that it's your captain as well. Yes. Um, it's just acting for trouble. And I know sometimes maybe you could come out with something trying to play a bit of mind games, but that was a wee bit like, like taken too far. I, th- I, th- I think he forgot that he was in the press room and not um, <laughs> you know in the pub with his mates um, or, or his teammates. Uh, he's obviously just got carried away and getting carried away with the emotion of face. Uh, Coming up with a big game against Rangers because it was only a couple of hours later he put a statement to Twitter saying, Yeah, I made a mistake there. Um, sorry for being disrespectful. But to be fair to Stephen Gerrard, the next day in his press conference, because you wondered what his reaction was going to be, he said, We accept the apology, it's just one of these things, move on. Um, but I think Arthur Gerrard was very, he's probably taking the sting out of it to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was a well well measured um, press conference. I, it's, I, not often you get to say that with Rangers, given who works behind the scenes are. Um, but yeah, I think it was a perfectly measured comment. So uh, credit to Gerard for that one. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't, th- you wouldn't think as well um, after that game that Motherwell were where they are in the league. No, I mean that's the first point of the season. 
but um, if it takes Rangers to turn up to get a, a performance like that out of you, then mm-hmm. you've probably got other problems. But I mean, the other way to look at it is Motherwell might use that result to kick on. Um, there they are in the, the, the quarterfinals of the Betfred Cup. Uh, they would look to now move on and maybe pick up some decent results in the league. Uh, so, yes, you've got a point against Rangers at home. What are you going to do next? That's the question. Um, and Stephen Robinson, I think, will be use it as well. He's a, he's a good manager. Got the two cup finals last season. I think I, I, I still think Willow will be all right. Um, they've got good yeah. players there. They'll be fine. Yeah, they're I've got them top six. Remember, I had them finishing top six. That's right. Instead of Hearts, that's looking good so far. Um. <laughs> <laughs> early days, early days. Um, but early Mother- days. Mother are way to Dundee next, so yeah, battle of the bottom two. Well, yeah, so there you go. Mother could put the um, another nail in Mister McCann's coffin and send him back to Sky. Um, but never know. We've got Dundee to suffer. So there's no way they Good options up front. They've been yeah. by Johnson mm-hmm. coming in. He looks like he's a very good player. Maid's not got really going this season yet, but once Maine gets going, mm-hmm. he's shown what he can do. Um, it's, it's at the back that's the worry, because they're still short defensively. I would still imagine Robinson to try to get another play in there before the, the window shuts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because they've got McHugh playing there just now, and he's really a sitting midfielder, so I think yeah, they need another centre-back in there. And obviously Aldred needs time to bed back in after um, only just... Um, being confirmed, being back on loan. Um, although when he gets going, I think he'll be a good asset at the back again as he was last season. But I think Mother. I think Carson be could fine. have done better for the Jarius goal. Oh, without a doubt, that was a horrific goalkeeping blunder. Um, my only defence is he's get, he's a uh, misjudged the flight of the ball, but no, it's it's very poor goalkeeping. Um, should be catching it or palming it away, not doing what he did. But um, but yeah, it was this, without doubt the most entertaining game of the weekend um, you know because you know the six goals in it obviously um, was the rest of the games there was no more than two scored no, no <laughs> I've got to admit the most entertaining that was was the aforementioned Dundee defeat but that's only because I read it on the, the Sky Sports app so you look at it and it says Johnson won Dundee now twat no sorry Tony <laughs> what <laughs> aye I, I'm sure when he was at Celtic it used to get listed as A what he got his yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it seems to have changed recently. <laughs> but there's another thing. Yeah, that's one of St. Johnson and Dundee, obviously, about what happened with Wright and McCann last season. Yeah, yeah there was a couple of handshakes for the game, uh, so it was all very, very civilised in this game. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's nice to see Neil McCann failing. Um, I don't really have anything against Dundee, it's just. Just Neil McCann. She's <laughs> your manager is. When she goes. Um, I, I think he may well be uh, on a sugary peg now. I think once he goes, Dundee might just uh, do a bit better than they're doing now. See, I don't know. See, I think you look at the signings and the team, there's not much really in that team that inspires you. Yeah. Mm, I think a better manager could get better at them. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think... I don't think their signings are inspiring, but there's some decent quality at Dundee that are just not getting the best out of it at the moment. So. Defensively, they've got um, decent options, um, but it's... Yeah, it's but you di- saw... Did you watch it in sports scene? 
they highlighted just how badly the defence was organised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's not so much the players, although it is to a certain extent. There's a lot of that comes down to the coaching. Yeah, they're just think- they're making the bad decisions and they're not mm-hmm. organised. They don't play as a unit, and that causes them all sorts of problems. And it, the the Tony Watt goal was is a, a a perfect example of that. He was able to play off a good yard off the shoulder of his marker because there was another man sitting far deeper. Yeah, he threatened to do that before as well. He threatened yeah. to do that as well before what um, mm-hmm. him and Kennedy seem to be in Cornwall. I think you look at that Dundee team. I mean, there's not nothing really much changed in terms of last season. They still any they struggle to take opportunities. I think Josh Meekins is still living on reputation from about three seasons ago. In terms of a bit of good centre back, Colker. I don't know what the situation is with Colker, but obviously he's ended up at Dundee and he's been very hit and miss. Um, but I don't I don't see much to inspire on that team at all. And they're, they're probably quite lucky by the fact that we'll come on to it maybe more so later on St Mirren. Look, Pretty poor. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, we could probably talk about some more now. Because, um, uh-huh. um, so Kenny Moore left. <laughs> whether it was because he wanted to play or whether he wasn't able to play or whatever reasons he left. Um, and Lovingston brought in an actual manager. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got him off to a pretty good start. I like his comments. Did you just comment when he was in the road and it said he said to his players, Well, at the start of the game, we've got a point already, so let's kind of build on that and not lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way Simple, to but quite a good phrase like, uh, to look at it. Yeah, because this is one of the games that Livingston identifies. If we're going to finish 10th or above, um, we need to try and get something from and obviously come away with three very good points. Um, terrible goals for St. Myrtle's. I mean, just horrific defending at set pieces um, but for what I've seen um, in the stats that Munn didn't even have a shot in target if you're not defending you can't um, you know trouble the goalkeeper then it's going to be um, a, a hard hard long 90 minutes for you and it doesn't really inspire confidence for the rest of the season and they're away to Hearts this weekend so um, I know <laughs> <No pressure. laughs> they look very weak in midfield um, so Munn in particular, I, I don't think they played particularly strong maybe anywhere in the pitch, but especially in the middle of the park, there's not much by you in there. No, um, and I think the one that surprised me, the boy Willock that's there, he's seems to be playing in the centre of the park as a central midfielder, whereas he's better known as a more kind of advanced midfielder. So I don't know what's happening there. I mean, what you were saying about Dundee a couple of minutes ago, and what, there isn't much to inspire you there. So I'm not a lot worse. I don't. I don't see anything at the moment that's at man to think they're going to do anything other than finish bottom of this. Right? No. Um, and I mean, I'm, I mean, I like Alan Stubbs, but I, I think like, you guys highlighted it. For all he did well with Hibs, there was still a limit to what he could do. Um, he didn't get about that division like he was supposed to. Uh-huh. Um, and now, so this obviously went down south, had trouble there as well. I think he, he's he's got a lot of work cut out with some man, and there's not a lot to work with at the moment. I know they're, they're, they're still in a, a kind of transition period because it was the likes of Lewis Morgan that helped get them up and uh, they've, they've lost a few other players as well but there's not a whole lot there. Um, I mean, I, I do like um, the goalkeeper Samson on his day <laughs> but he does have some absolute shocking performances as well. Um, I don't think there's much he could do this week. I think like say it was more the, the poor defending than anything else. 
Um, but yeah, there's there's not a whole lot at Saint Inspire you right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. And what you say, for all Livingston, we've highlighted this one. So was Saint Man. Saint look at that and go, this is a home game against a team that came up through the playoffs. These are the games Saint Man have to be winning. Not <laughs> certainly not losing. Yeah, uh, you'd imagine you'd imagine Stubbs is looking to try and do some more business before the window closes up. He's got the opportunity. I don't know budget wise and restraints and stuff like that, but they should have a wee bit. You would think with the sale of Morgan. Yeah, you'd like to think they'll um, be able to attract um, a couple of better quality players, and, and they need them. You know, even if it's one or two on loan, um, yeah. a bit of experience to just get them out. Um, you know, get their get themselves back up the table. I mean, it was always going to be a difficult first season, and then, as Chris highlighted, you know, they've lost a lot of players and they brought a lot in. It does take time, but they're going to have to um, play a lot better on what they've been showing, because they were poor against the uh, Aberdeen the League Cup. Didn't really offer much at Ibrox. I know they beat Dundee in the opening game, but they got a bit lucky with um, the goalkeeper making a howler. Um, but on Saturday, it was just toothless. But um, Going back to the Livingston situation, because Gary Hope was interviewed for the job in the summer, do you think that the Livingston board had a rethink and thought we made a mistake, let's just try and rectify it and use the you must give up your player um, excuse to Kenny Miller so that they can then sack him? Are you suggesting constructive dismissal? Yes. I, th- I think, no, I think I there's don't more know. to it. I, I, I think there's more, a lot more to it uh, yeah. the Kenny Miller situation. And whether we'll hear about it or not, who knows, because mm-hmm. there's obviously still the issue with Kenny Mullen and what happened at Ibrox. So. Yeah. yeah, he's got a tight record. The problem Kenny Mullen now has is he's still a player at Livingston. He's, that's what his, his uh, registration is. So no, technically, Livingston have to sell him, don't they? <laughs> no, did he not? Um, I don't think he's registered as a player there now because I was talking he was going to sign for St. Man before the weekend. Yeah, but Livingston still have his uh, player registration because obviously he played for Livingston in the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. So that's what his registration is. <laughs> So, Maybe he went to Falkirk. Well, that's a thought, isn't it? He could be player manager at Falkirk. That's an interesting thought. Maybe they'd let him do it. Would he want to take a step down, or do you think he could still play in the top flight? Would he want to play in the top flight? Because he might still fancy going to St Martin. I mean, if, if obviously will release him. <laughs> um, certainly, it seems to be of interest to him, but yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where Kenny Orr ends up at the end of this. Cause, I mean, he surely has to move before the end of the window yeah. if he wants to move. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting in the next couple of days for him, I think. He could end up at somewhere like Dundee. I'll just put that there as a, a wee rumour to start because um, Neil McCann, mm. former Rangers player, um, teammate, Rich. he needs a goal scorer. And Miller's got a lot of experience that could maybe get them out it. So. And then it would be Dundee's a cheap too option far away for, for him. Well, I was going to say it would be a cheap option for Dundee when they eventually sack McCann and just make Miller the manager again. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a great rumour. You heard it here first. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but as you say, St Martin don't exactly have an easy go of it because their next game is at Tynecastle against the league leaders Hearts, who have three points lead over the, everyone else already after only three games. Hundred percent record. Um, got another one at a difficult venue. It's not as if Hearts have had an easy start. I mean, they've had to host Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that was obviously a difficult start. The then they've they've, they've got a luck, which. Um, well, we know recent seasons Hearts away form has been pretty poor but going to Kilmarnock isn't an easy venue these days no. they did benefit they from start. a shocking sending off yeah um, yeah I I can see why it was a red card <laughs> um, it looks really bad at, uh, at first view 
when you slow it down and you start analysing it a bit more and you think about it some more and okay, maybe maybe if you maybe if you take your time to think about it, you'll only give a yellow, but when you just see it there and then it looks really bad. Mm. And I can see why the red card came out. But um and Michael Stewart made this point in the sports scene, um Polycom does this all the time. He brings he flashes his cards really quickly as if it's some way to control the situation. That if he gets in there right away, then any sort of possibility of anything kicking off just gets killed off because he's, he's dealt with it straight away. I, I, th- I thought you were going to say um, Willicom did that because just to let him know that he's around because he's the only show in town as far as Willicom's concerned. Um, <laughs> but I, I disagree, Chris. Um, I thought in first viewing it was actually a perfectly good tackle. Um, yeah, he's getting quite hard, but at no point does it look out of control. It's just it's just the one foot. It's not going over the top of the ball. And more importantly, he won the ball. Um, I don't see anywhere where that's a red card. But no, it's that's what football's about. It's about opinions. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I like to say, it's one of those ones where I can see why it's a red card. But is it a red card or is it not? I mean. I, I think so. It's going yeah. to get to the point you can't slide tackle. Yeah. You can't lunge in that. That's the problem I've got with it. <laughs> Apparently I'm the only one that thinks this way though. Because so. even in sports, you know, I'm talking about it and that was an awful decision. There should never have been a red card. And... It's just me and Molly Collin. <laughs> I think plays as well. I think that's the problem I've got with it more than anything else is the fact that I'm agreeing with Molly Collin. So maybe maybe that's why I'm doubting myself so much. <laughs> I can't be right. <laughs> what comes an idea? Positive from hearts as well. The fact better but they wouldn't have managed to bring that boy done. The team sheet as well. So yeah, decent signing. Um, and is anybody going to attempt the boy's name? <laughs> oh, I, I, um, who's she? Aye, who's she? There we go. That's not bad. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Can't go, he scored. Yeah, very well taken. Um, good cross. Who was it? Cross? Was it Smith? Or? Aiden. All oh, right. right. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a good ball at the box and he's divert the header well. And Hearts have been linked again with uh, Mitchell at Man United. So um, if they get him in, they've just added more goal to their squad and you've got to think that they'll be up there at the end of the season pushing for a European place. I well, like what Osmond saw as well, but I think that one's in the back burner because he got an injury. Remember Osmond saw? Yeah. What's he been this? Milton Keynes Dons, I think. Right. Right, did he not move to China first for like over a million pounds when he had six months his contract left? Yeah, they got a good deal there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you can say that Man United paid £40 million for Alexis Sanchez when he had six months his deal left. Crazy money. Aye. And that's not worked out. <laughs> no. So, what about across the city? Um, for all I'm questioning my uh, commitment to my not liking Molly Colm, I definitely can't stand Andrew Dallas. One I awful referee that guy is. I told, I told you about before he was even in bloody professional football. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Awful. Oh, awful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Worse than the league, probably. I can't possibly think how Andrew, son of Hugh Dallas, <laughs> has a job in refereeing in Scotland. Can't possibly think why that would be. Um, I mean, the bit 
I know uh, Hibbs had a shout for a penalty, possibly. I think, uh, I, I mean, that one, I think, is a penalty, but um, there's enough doubt there where you can kind of question why it might not be. I think it'd be soft. Uh, yeah. I think, I think either end of the pitch, I would say that, because that, mm-hmm. it's yeah, a hand in the shoulder. I don't think that's a, if that's a penalty, then... Yeah, I mean, there was one... Trouble. There was one in another game which I forget which game it was actually, but sports team were highlighting it and I looked at it and went, it's a shoulder challenge, why are they even highlighting this? And then it occurred to me, maybe they were trying to compare it with this challenge, because this isn't quite a shoulder challenge, it is more of there's more, there's more hands and more arms involved. And it's, it's, to me, it's a, it's a penalty, but there's enough there, but we're going to be sitting debating about it, whether it is a penalty or whether it isn't a penalty. The one at the other end is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's a terrible decision. Yeah, the Aberdeen one is a stone wall that he can see clearly and he still doesn't give up. The, the assistant can see it as well. The assistant's got a perfect view. Yeah, but... Uh, and the referee's got a pretty good view as well, so yeah. what, at least one of them should see it. The I'm inclined to give the linesman the benefit of the doubt because I know some referees like to make the decision themselves and maybe the linesman, even if he's seen it, would, would just have been ignored. By, uh, certainly by someone uh, who's likely to be... <laughs> An egomaniac like Andrew Dallas, if he's anything like his father. But a good assistant referee or linesman um, should be yeah. um, be assertive in that situation and say, "Listen, I'm in a better position. That's a penalty, and I yeah, think no, he's just that. as culpable." I agree, culpable. but I think that there are referees out there who just will not listen. So there's no point even talking to them about it. Yeah, they, they, they might actually ask the linesman not to interfere with that aspect of the game. But it's not um, as if Andrew's it dad's... Anyway because it's clear as hell. You should be able to see this as a penalty. There's just no doubt in it whatsoever. <laughs> the most glaring thing about that is, you know, if he thinks that um, it's not a penalty, it should be a booking um, for diving in that situation. Because um, there's no reason for... Lewis, yeah, because Lewis Ferguson, um, there's no there's no other um, interpretation. You can't really say he slipped in that situation. He's either been tackled or he's died. And it's clearly he's been um, tackled... Um, so to only give a goal kick was just, you know, all in it was just a horrendous decision. Um, I think something I think as well. See when you see players' reactions as well. Like I know players will try and con referees and all that type of thing, but the actual reaction itself, you can yeah, probably gives it away as well. Aye, definitely. Uh, the other the other favourite aspect to this is the Hibs <laughs> player running away going, I got the ball, <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm going to watch this to see if he actually thinks he might have got the ball. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, but he gave a goal kick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. he doesn't exactly. think he's got the ball. So what think, the hell does he think happened? Yeah, someone made the point. I think it was Michael Stewart maybe made the point. I don't know, a, a corner then. Oh, um, he's just a moron. I think from, from Aberdeen's <laughs> point of view, before the game, we're maybe kind of quite sure how they're going to line up in terms of maybe players having to miss and players coming back. The surprising thing was that Wogan never went straight back in the team, but Holman came into the team. Um, and he obviously ended up scoring, which was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've seen us seen talk we were three at the back at times as well, but I don't know whether we kind of changed a wee bit kind of throughout the game because three at the back just doesn't doesn't really work out. Yeah. He did it before that he started. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think um, Adam Bogdan was back to his best to seen at the weekend there, um, more horrendous goalkeeping. Um, but for what I heard, Aberdeen tried to sit too early in a one 0 and. We spoke about this last week with, um, in previewing the game. Hibs are a team, or right, they're brilliant going forward, but they're equally culpable at the back, and I think you should attack, try and attack them when you can. Um, we maybe showed too much respect at 1-0 by sitting back so much. Um, but 
the goal that we conceded was quite bad in the fact that Holborn got time and Mackay Stevens had to leave his man to go to the ball and that's left uh, the winger to cross it in or the fullback to cross it in and it's been easy tapping for McLaren at the back post. Someone's not watching him. But, yeah, the goal we... Uh, it's probably awesome. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, when you're going, you're 1-0 up for so long and you're wanting to kind of see the game out and just get the three points. If, if you'd said before the game, cap a point, probably would be, but to be that close to getting the three points, I think, is frustrating. Yeah, definitely. Um, we had helped, it helped Scott Wright after the performance against him, minimum is missing, so that kind of left a wee bit out. I did always think, though, regardless, that we might go you more solid at Hibs against Hibs mm-hmm. with the way they play, because they're very expansive. Yeah. Um, I don't so. mean, it was, it was almost tactically correct, because um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch the the BBC Alba coverage because it was on at exactly the same time as the highlights on BBC Two um, at six o'clock. But uh, from what I've seen in the highlights, it looked like the Aberdeen goal probably came against the run of play, um, and then you've tried to sit in and and, and take the one the one no one. But it almost worked. It was almost there. Um, like what you say, the goal you can see is probably poor for your perspective. But um, I mean, one one at Easter Road isn't a bad result. It isn't, but yeah. when you're when you're winning the game, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's like when you talk about that Scotland England game, um, the two two win. You yeah. think uh, you just took a point before that, but when you're two one up with a minute to go, it's a different feeling when you lose the yeah. equaliser. So exactly. just one of the wins. But um, but Hoban impressed for for Hibs, the new boys came in. Oregon. What? Oregon. Sounds like you said Hoban. Is it Hogan? I can't remember, sorry. Yeah. My, my apologies. Hogan. Right. <laughs> Hi, it's for correcting me there. Yeah, him. Aye. Him. <laughs> you look good. <laughs> Gets into good areas. Um, I think he's been a big player for Hibs this season. Yeah, he seems to be a good acquisition. They've, they've brought in quite a few decent players, Hibs. Um, if they can put together as a decent team, then... Yeah, they're going to be up to a challenge, I think, so... Mm-hmm. It's uh, set to be a good season, I think. Set up at the top of the, the table. I mean, I, we do have the, the, the usual suspects in the top four. It's maybe not the... Oh, sorry, the top five. It's maybe not the, the usual uh, order, but it is Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen and Celtic and Rangers. They're only in the top five already after three games. Um, and I, I think the way things are planning out already, that's going to be the... The top five with someone else probably sixth. Yeah, just seen recently. So. I think so. Um, and because I, I would expect it to be the five. They've all signed quite well. I think so. It'll be interesting to see who ends up um, in what position. Um, Aberdeen obviously got a tough game at home this weekend against Kilmarnock. Um, That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bogey team. <laughs> Ah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what the the weekend coming is is perfect for Hearts certainly. Um, they've got the home game against St Mirren. Uh-huh. You presume they should win that. Uh, if they win that, they're definitely going into the international break, top of the table. Um, you've got obviously Celtic Rangers playing on Sunday. Uh, Aberdeen have got that on paper tough game against Kilmarnock. Um, Hips is tricky. Hibs is tricky as well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're uh, away to Livingston. Well, I'd expect Hibs maybe, to win that one. You would, you, <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, I'd expect Hibs to win it. I don't know what Livingston are going to do now because they're, 
they looked pretty well organised already under uh, Holt. So it'll be interesting to see how that game pans out. This is the type of game that Hibs tend to slip up in. I mean, because I remember last <laughs> season they won at Ibrox and then the, la- the week after they get trounced by Hamlin at home. So you just yeah, don't exactly. know what Hibs is going to turn up. Yeah. <laughs> I think going, just going back to Aberdeen, I, th- I think you're going to find that a lot this season that we are going to be a bit resilient and hard to yeah. be. Uh, you look at our last 10 games and there's been... There's not been a game that's been three goals or more in terms of league matches. Um, obviously, the cup was a wee bit different. Mm-hmm. So, and you want your team to be hard to beat. But yeah, I do feel that we can be a bit more expansive, which we showed what we're capable of in the, the cup game against the Midland. So, yeah. as long as we get more performances like that. As long as you get three points and make the cup progress, then it doesn't ultimately matter about the way you play. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's certainly the cup games. It's all about getting to the next round, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you're, if you're, you can take that kind of uh, performance into the, the league. It can be a bit draining when you're a fan watching it week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think Aberdeen will play like that all the time. No. Certainly, like against Rangers and uh, against uh, Hibs, well, that's mm-hmm. two pretty tough games you've had out of the three. Yeah. Um, so we're not a long ball team like um, Brendan Rodgers no. once said. You know, I think you know in most no, games, I'm... especially when we're playing the bottom sides, we you know we try and play the ball in the deck, and because you, know, yeah. you can do that against these teams. Whereas against teams like Rangers, Hibs, Hearts, Celtic, you know we've got to we can't be as expansive. We've got to be showing the ugly side, um, and yeah, so it almost got us the three points at the weekend, um, but yeah. still a decent enough start. Because um, as you yeah, say, we've had Rangers and Hibs and a tough away game at Dundee as well. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, Aberdeen have had a tough start, so getting five points out of those those three games, it's, it's pretty reasonable, I would say. Um, I've seen people try to compare Celtic and Rangers start to the season as well, which makes me laugh because it's hard to tell after three games how, how the two teams are going to be compared. But um, when you look at Rangers, they've had to go to uh, Petardry and they've had to go to Fir Park in two of those three games. Now, in between that, they've had a, a home game against St. Byrne. Uh Again, they've picked up five points for that. And then you look at Celtic and they've had two, no disrespect, relatively easy home games. Um, and they lost their game that was away from home. Yeah. So neither Rangers or Aberdeen have lost the game yet. Yeah, well, yesterday should have been um, an easy game, so to speak, but it was far from that. For what I heard, Hamilton Again, just stuck yeah, it I mean, and stuff then. Um, it's getting to be a bit of a theme. Celtic certainly created plenty of chances. Um, the stadium apparently gave Moussa Dembele man of the match. Um, which surprised me because in the highlights to me it looked like it'd be good to hit a cow's backside with a banjo so here's a I forget what generation of FIFA yeah, <laughs> commentary I once heard FIFA um, 98 <laughs> is it that long ago? yeah right. okay so yeah uh, he, he, he needs to find his shooting boots um, ideally for the Sudova game um, he has just come back from injury as well but yeah he, I mean, they gave him a minor match but he just he had several wasted chances for me Um and I kind of think we gave him one in the match to avoid a really awkward situation being even more awkward. Yeah. Because um, apparently when the manager that we should all back puts his faith in a certain player, uh, Dedrick Boyata, that's not enough for some people. Um, the Green Brigade, of all people, uh, never questioned their support for Celtic, but uh, I'll certainly question them, uh, their decision to display a banner about how he's not fit for the, to wear the jersey. Um, I happen to agree with the sentiment Dedrick Boyata has acted very inappropriately these last few weeks. Um, 
uh, and I'm surprised that the manager has given him the faith. However, they've had to clear the air talks, he's there, he was out there in the field, uh, managers obviously picked him, so you back him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well you want to support your players regardless, especially yeah. when they're on the pitch. Maybe outside me, of that, yeah, no yeah, happy, I mean, but when a player's on, it doesn't help a team when yeah. you start. Yeah. Yeah, the banner like doesn't that. help, the booing doesn't help, mm-hmm. but credit to Boyata for this. The only way Boyata is going to get back in anybody's good books is by putting in the performances. Yeah. And he did that exactly that against Hamilton. He was solid at the back, was there to get the goal, could have had a second, and many people said he was man of the match. So, more of that is what is what's needed from Bayata now. Just get your head down, get on with the game. Can't go back in time and deal with the, the European situation, but um, just get your head down, don't See, yeah, well, there's clearly clearly talks during the Scott Brown and Brendan Rodgers as well. So the players that set them back then, and we've seen that when he scored the goal because everybody congratulated Craig Gordon mm-hmm. ran about eighty yards to come and congratulate him. Yeah. I th- he's, he's obviously got a bit of making up to do and that'll take time, it takes uh, a lot more um, than just one game um, and show of affection from the players to Boyata for the fans to be convinced um, yeah. but regardless what you think of uh, the player and how he's behaved and I made the point last week I think Boyata's behaviour um, before Celtic's most crucial game of the season was um, disgraceful and I think yeah. you know He's probably been badly advised um, potential, but he's he still behaved terribly um, when Celtic most needed him. However, um, during the game, um, no matter what the player's done, you should just put those feelings um, aside because the most thing important thing that matters is the team, and it is an absolute pet hate of mine um, when fans of your um, boo their own player. It's it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I've had many an argument with Aberdeen fans over it in the past, and I'll continue to have those arguments. Um, but one of my mates, uh, Tim Donnelly, my work, um, said um, on Twitter was quite interesting. Paolo Di Canio, Pierre Van Hoydonk and George Cadet are all hailed as heroes um, amongst the Celtic support, and probably rightly so. But was their behaviour any different, if not worse, to what Boyata did? You might be in a better position to tell us that, Chris. Uh, I think the best way to put it is football fans can be very fickle. Yes. Um, yeah, because well, yeah, I mean, even today, it, like, it's, it's just Cadet's 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. It's on the Celtic tr- uh, trophy today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he kind of left under a cloud. <laughs> he left um, saying that £3,000 a week wasn't enough to feed family. Uh, I can't remember if that was him. I know Van Hoydonk said something somewhere. Yeah. Um, they all have their different stories. Um, and there are different reasons for going, but yeah, ultimately they all left under a cloud. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Boyata does likewise, um, but at the moment he's the best defender we've got at the club, and we should be making use of that, and we should be backing him as much as we can until such times as he leaves, and then you can say what you want to do. Um, well, the thing is, as well, if he's, if he's not playing, you know, he potentially might not sell him for as much money. Yeah. Yeah, he's exactly. plays, puts in some good performances. You maybe the transfer fee you get from is better. Yeah, but it been linked last week with Benkovic from Leicester on loan. McCoudy, I think from Le Havre. Obviously McKenna. They've been told no. Yeah, no happening. Well, no, we're going to get lots of stories in the next few days over who might come and who might not come and who might get bids made and who won't get bids made and how much it's going to take to release players and. 
Uh, well, I'll, I'll wait and see what happens in the next few days because I've been waiting all summer and very little has changed. We stuck. We needed. We needed to get a central defender in before all this happened. Um, the, if by our ways, we need to get two in. That's just we haven't. We still haven't done anything about that. That's that to me is what's cost us the place in yeah. the Champions League. Um, actually, there's another argument that what it cost us the place in the Champions League was not having a a, a younger, fitter right back because. They lost two goals in Athens, to both of which were Michael Lustig's fault. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we all love Michael Lustig because he's a bit of a cult hero. He's played really well for Celtic over the years, but he is starting to lose it. You can see that. Um, and he, again, he was he was another one that was away to the World Cup in the summer. Tom Rodgick isn't exactly looking his best either. Um, he was again, he was in the, the World Cup in the summer. The other choice for Lustig is Gamboa. He was in the World Cup in the summer. The guys it's that arguably we could have last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've lost Patrick Roberts, we've lost Stuart Armstrong, so we haven't really replaced them. We don't know about that Sarzani guy who's any good or not. We haven't seen him yet. Um, we haven't replaced Armstrong, so there's there's not a lot to choose there. But to me, that's not where the positions that we needed to strengthen were. We needed to strengthen centre back, um, and clearly neither of our right backs are really that well trusted. Um, had we strengthened those positions. We'd probably still win the Champions League qualifying, regardless of what happened with Boyar. So, to turn around and say the 30 million or whatever is we've lost is Boyata's fault, is very harsh on him. He didn't help, he didn't help himself, he hasn't endeared himself in the fans in any way, shape, or form, and it was completely unprofessional. I totally agree with that, but as long as the manager picks him and as long as the manager's got faith in him, everybody else should do. Yeah. Have you heard anything in terms of deals crossing the line before Friday? I'm as far out of the know as possible <laughs> I'll hear it last <laughs> when Celtic tweet it that he's somebody signed that's when I'll know <laughs> Sunday then what do you think uh, I reckon Rangers can get their first win I'm not confident whatsoever I think Rangers are scoring goals um, Kyle Lafferty is a massive thorn on our side we are not defending well now. We defended better at the weekend there with Boyata and Dean, but it was only Hamilton. Uh, Rangers will be a big, much bigger threat than that. If we can get a clean sheet against Sudova, we'll go through. That'll be great. It should give us a bit more confidence. I'd like to see us get a few more goals as well, because that's the other problem. We're not scoring enough. Dembele needs to find his shooting bits. Griffiths. There's that little thing in the back of my head going, wouldn't it be nice if we got his 100 Celtic goal against Rangers? Um, but I don't know. I don't know how quickly Edward's going to get back fit either. So we're not great at the back. We're not great going forward at the moment. Rangers have up until now, or at least until Sunday, looked pretty solid at the back. Um, I would imagine that the changes they made for Motherwell, they will revert this week um, to go back to the more solid... Uh, Defensive setup that they've yeah, had. I think Arfield will definitely play for Rangers. I'd be surprised yeah. if he didn't. And then I don't know whether Koulibaly will be back in contention. I think a lot will depend on what happens on Thursday with the two sides as well, because Rangers have also got the, the long yeah. trip over to Russia. Um, that could potentially go to extra time if you fill win 1 0. Um, I can imagine that being a quite long evening for them trying to defend a 1 0 lead. Um, so you I just don't two, know. Two. <laughs> Too much can be made of these things. Because, I mean, I remember uh, on two separate occasions under Martin O'Neill, Celtic came back from a tough European tie 
went to Ibrox and won. Mm-hmm. Um, they came. Was that, actually, it was after they won uh, against Boa Vista to get to the UEFA Cup final. They were off the plane, and less than three days later, they were beating Rangers at Ibrox. Um, 2-1, And then it was the same after the exhausting 0-0 draw against Barcelona in the new Camp, which sent us through the... They sent Barcelona out and Celtic through. They came back and beat Rangers 2-1 at Ibrox. Mm-hmm. So that's two separate occasions. They had a really tough European game, came back and won anyway. At Ibrox, not just at Celtic Park, it was away from home. So, I mean, Rangers are doing exactly this. They could come back from Russia on a high, having made the Europa League group, uh, Europa League group stages, to come back and play a Celtic that aren't firing off masters at the moment. Yeah. So, I, I think this is as good a chance the Rangers have got to beat Celtic as they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should probably move on anyway, because we're, I think we're into the hour mark. The Scotland squad. Yeah, they're, they're, playing, uh, they're playing Switzerland on Thursday. Oh, but they're not talking about women. Switzerland? Yeah. Uh, but women are playing Thursday. Oh, the right. Time. So they're women. So. Uh, yeah. They're playing at... Um, whatever St. Martin's called this week. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can never remember their names. St. St. Martin Park. Uh, yeah, they're playing Switzerland. They need to beat them by two goals. Mm-hmm. And then they need to beat Albania a couple of weeks' time. And if we do that, they can automatically qualify. So the women are in pretty good position. So if you if you're not going to Celtic Park or you're not watching the Rangers game on the telly and you've got nothing better to do, get yourself a lot of basil. Support the women. The, the women's team is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, they went to European Championships last summer, so um, yep. they're in a better position than what they, they may have been for a while. So yeah, good luck to them. Yeah, we might see a, a change in the fortunes so. though. The Scotland, the squad certainly is a big, big change from Strachan's going to lay on squads. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's there's a, a good few changes in there. Um, I'm not surprised that both Craig Gordon and Alan McGregor have been called up for goalkeepers. Uh, but I think the it's elsewhere in the team that you start thinking. Well, Hendry's been playing for Celtic, so I'm not really surprised that that's the the obvious easy pick. We've got the likes of Kieran Tierney. James Forrest, Lee Griffiths. Griffiths is probably lucky that he's been able to play the last few weeks because I know that was a bit of a a doubt. Um, Of Callum McGregor as well. So you've got the Celtic core, which was the good part of what Strachan had. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's there's some other good choices in there. I mean, (laughs) Graham Shinney. Somebody can remember the Pythodrias. I think think the players that went to... the end of season trip have been rewarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, I don't think the, the the trip was especially great from a, a results perspective or maybe even a performance perspective. But um, those players were in there. They, they showed what they can do. They've been added to with some of the other quality that was maybe intentionally left at the squad. I mean, I don't think there was any point taking any of the Celtic players on that one, given that Regina in the qualifying. That was a good chance to give other players a kind of go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, even like when John McGinn's obviously started pretty well at Aston Villa, so that's good for us. Um, Stuart Armstrong got his move to Southampton. He's in the squad as well, so I hope he can carry on what he was coming through. Um, O'Donnell's taking his opportunity at right back. I think he'll be the number one right back. I think so. So there's a lot of options there. Yeah, I think right now. If, if, if he goes with that, I'm interested. Well yeah, 
if he goes with Stephen O'Donnell right back, it's going to be interesting to see what one he picks at left back. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's all guys in the squad that are playing fairly regularly. Um, like Ryan Fraser yeah. started the season well with Bournemouth, scored in the opening day. Um, McBurney scored a couple of goals for Swans against Leeds last week in the Championship. Um, you know, Johnny Russell's also been doing well out in America. Um, I think Cam Parsons started um, Cardiff's games this season. So, yeah, it's a, it's a solid enough squad. Um, at least there's he's resisted temptation to bring back um, you know, guys that were let down under previous years, like Sir Grant Hanley and Russell Martin, for example. Um, so he's obviously decided um, we're building for the future. It's not just about... Uh, they need to get the experience now. Um, and, yeah, good luck to them. And hopefully, hopefully they come out of this. Um, I'm not too bothered about Belgium because you're up against the top side it's just a friendly but um, yeah. the Albania game's the big one I'm looking forward to to go on to that and um, hopefully there's a good crowd because it's a it's pretty reasonably priced I must say yeah like I said that a couple of weeks ago the prices are really good um, but yeah I mean I th- that is probably the good thing about the way that's just set up because it's two chances to qualify for the Euro 2020 so you can almost get away with it this time round being able to try things a bit more mm-hmm. because we've always been too scared to try things because friendlies count towards coefficient points and then you've got the actual qualifiers which obviously count towards qualifying for things whereas this this is a yes this counts towards qualifying but it's one of two routes to qualify not just the only route yeah. so this is a chance to try something now they're still going to be worried about getting the wins and all that stuff but I mean, it's, it's trying it without going overboard. Mm-hmm. So if things don't work here, it's not a big issue. We can try something else next time. But this is um, this is probably one that we it would be a good opportunity to get ourselves that potential um, second route because Israel and Albania are teams that we should be looking to beat. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm expecting us to take, um, if we're going to win that section, we're expecting somewhere between 10 and 12 points. Maybe nine would be enough. Um, if Albania and Israel cancel each other out that's not saying it's a gimme that we're going to win these games because unlike ourselves Albania were at the last Euros um, <coughs> and Israel's one of the very few sides above minnow ranked nations that have um, along with along with us not qualified for 20 years so um, yeah. well, be- the, the, the thing about the, the, the Nations League set up is we're playing against teams who are supposedly round about our level Yeah. having said that we were one of the top put the teams in the coefficient rankings for the the third tier that we're in. Mm-hmm. So of the teams that are in the third tier, we should be expected to do pretty well yeah. according to the rankings. So yeah. from that perspective, it's probably better to be third tier than second tier because we're close. But possibly the worry from our point of view is maybe the lack of experience in the squad, but we've been crying out for ages for a change. So Yeah, yeah but, but I they think that's grow, really they can all grow together. Yeah, yeah. That, that's maybe where you look towards your Celtic core because there's, there's Gordon, there's well, Henry to a lesser extent, Tierney, Armstrong, McGregor, Griffiths, these are all players that have played Champions League football the last couple of seasons. Yeah, Not all of them at Celtic anymore, but there's still that ex- core of experience at the top level in football. And I think that can help Celtic. Yeah, help Scotland. <laughs> the Celtic players can help Scotland. It might help Celtic as well if the Scottish players do oh, it. The Celtic Armstrong players do it well in Scotland. Armstrong has finished helping Celtic. Yes. <laughs> do you think Tierney's likely to be playing centre back, whether it's a, in a back four or I've got a feeling it'll be back, back three way Mulgrew is a sweeper? If there were a lot of centre backs in the squad. Yeah. I don't know. 
we kind of would have been in there, but for injury, obviously. Um, I think Suter deserves his chance. Um, he started the season well, and we've been saying for a couple of years he should be in Scotland squad. Um, but dubious about Hendry, although he did play well in Hungary, so he probably has merited still being there. But there are others um, that can come in the squad as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a back four with Tierney and Mulgrew. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, just going to play all wingers, all fullbacks. <laughs> and Adonal. Two left backs, that'll do us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adonal and um, Robertson being the the fullbacks. Yeah, I would like to see us play with a bit of width. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd like to see Fraser start. Yeah, Fraser um, and Forrest and on either side would be good. I wouldn't want to see Forrest start. I don't think I'd prefer I don't know who uh, else, but... I, w- I would quite like to see Forrest finally do what for Scotland what he can do for Celtic yeah. having said that he hasn't really been doing it for Celtic recently either so but I then he's been used yeah, as a wing back rather than a winger and he's he's a winger not a a wing back uh, well yeah hopefully yeah. yeah. yeah let's hope so uh, anything else we want to discuss before we wrap up? I think I've covered everything. Better one one again. Yeah, I'll save my charity if it will talk until next week when it's the week leading up no, to no. the game. You can mention it, mention it again. It's no far away. Yeah, we, we, have, we, we haven't reached the point yet that we're, I'm having to get my football boots on, so it's not, <laughs> it's not bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, that that falls in the international weekend. So um, it's the day before the Scotland Albania game. So it's a um, Sunday night of September. Five pound adult, one pound kids. And we've made a bit of movement from last week because last week we only had one Celtic player, um, but we're now up to three ex-Celtic players. Um, Chris, you'll obviously remember Paul Byrne from the mid nineties. I remember Paul Byrne because I have played with Paul Byrne. Oh, did he play in that game? He played in that same game that I missed that absolute settle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you should come along and watch and, um, you know, maybe you'll be reuniting you can remind you about it. He <laughs> could set you up for a goal. <laughs> for, uh, uh, he wasn't the one that set me up that day. Um, actually, Paul, Paul Bourne is the reason we got pumped 13-2. <laughs> How is he the reason you lost 13 goals? Was he playing right back or centre back? No, this is, a, this is the thing. For some obscure reason... When uh, it, was, it was a football league game, and football league seemed to put the playing legend in at left back, but Paul Byrne didn't play left back for Celtic. <laughs> he didn't play left back that day either. He just played in the midfield, and nobody in our team went to left back. Well, you can't. So there was no organisation whatsoever. <laughs> oh dear. And, I, and after I came off the park, having played up front for ninety minutes, I thought maybe I should have played left back. <laughs> Given it's my usual natural position anyway, because clearly it's not striker. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, he's a, he's a cracking guy. Um, th- there is another funny story about Paul Byrne. Um, he played, he actually played both games in the football league that day. Um, so in between the games, the, there was what people. We were we were the second game, so at the end of the first game, they were in the dressing room getting changed and. Uh, there's an interesting picture of Paul Byrne sitting in the background where someone was getting a picture taken with Danny McGrain uh, where Paul Byrne is completely naked. (laughs) 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 I may share this photo later on. (laughs) 
I thought I'd say it. No. Uh... <laughs> I may wait until after your charity game, though. <laughs> yeah, you should uh, wait till then. Um... <laughs> are you playing in the game, John? Or are you just overseeing things? No, I'm hoping to play. Um, although for the dodgy ankle for the last few weeks, so. Oh, aye, oh, aye, here we go, aye, dodgy ankle. <laughs> well, trust me, I want to play, um, but we'll wait and see. Um, but aye, yeah, I should get on for about 10 minutes at least. But um, the Aberdeen team does have a manager, I've not mentioned that yet. Uh, Willie Garner, former player from the 70s, he actually had a spell at Celtic as well. Um, and he was also. Alex Ferguson's right head man for two years from 84 to 86 and there was a funny story that he talked about um, before the Scottish Cup final in 86 um, Ferguson had heard that Hearts had brought in a sports psychologist to help him get over the the Dundee game the week before um, and so they could be in a better state of mind going to the Scottish Cup final What happened to that Dundee game the week before? Yeah, you can um, share that later. So um, I'm only Albert Kidman. Hey. So as soon as um, Hearts um, arrived at Hamden, the Aberdeen players um, greet them and say, "Unlucky from last week." Just to remind them that they threw away the league title, and Aberdeen won three 0 scored after six minutes, and just romped to that cup final. So that's a great story. First, first game I watched. First Aberdeen game I watched. Yeah. Was that one? I don't know what I would have been doing in 1986. I was only five. Um, wasn't into football at that point. So, yeah. At um, Celtic, we've got the other um, former player. Uh, his name's John Paul Dow. He was a reserve player from 96 to 98. Didn't get a first-team game, but he signed up. So, um, no, I'm grateful to the Celtic Former Players Association for putting me in touch with these guys. And also, um, Paul Dykes from uh, the... Um, the Celtic podcast I can't remember the name of I'll need to google that the Celtic one. state of mind that's the one yes so thank you <laughs> good podcast you should give it a listen if you're of the Celtic persuasion because obviously it's a Celtic podcast um, but yeah it's, it's, it's definitely worth a listen yeah I've heard it's won some awards to be fair so it must be quite good not as good as ours though <laughs> You don't even know if you're getting on the lessons anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Three of us chat and keep telling them. No one of your lessons. So if someone does listen, messages it to Just yeah. say hi or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's a podcast. Send us a, something funny or anything. Best yeah. loss, whatever. Food, pies. Send us food. Send us Please don't. <laughs> But yeah, best of luck with that, and we'll talk about that next weekend, eh? Yeah, cheers. Um, Aye, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Adios. Adios.